Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to the Defiant Spirit. I'm Baruch Levy, also known as B, creator of the Defiant Spirit and the Defy Your Number Enneagram System. Now, today I want to change course a little bit. I'm doing a series as I record this particular podcast, um, which is separate on movies and the Enneagram and finding your Enneagram type lived out in movies or television shows because I think it really brings it to life, but that's separate. I want to come back today to mix it up a little in between the, the movies and the Enneagram and talk about my why, because I get asked quite a bit now that I'm really heavy into the Enneagram. I have a program called Defy Your Number. I'm working with individuals to discover their Enneagram type. I'm working with businesses to utilize um, Enneagram, which is a personality system. And ultimately, I'm very passionate about it. I'm proud about what I've created on Defiant Spirit. You can check it out. You can get into your Enneagram type and uh, defy your number. I have an online course. However, it's not my why. That's my how. You you see, you know, my why comes back to, well, Dr. Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning, 40 other books, creator of Logotherapy. At the end of the day, my why is Logotherapy. It's Viktor Frankl. It's... The essence of who this man was, the foundation of his teachings, yes, expressed through the Enneagram. Frankel said, quoting Nietzsche, he who has a why can endure anyhow. So my why is Frankel and logotherapy, the how, how it's expressed, how it's lived out in the world is the Enneagram. And I've made the case many times, I'll make it before, again, um, the Enneagram is a tremendous continuation of this man's philosophy and insights. But at the end of the day, it's the philosophy, it's the insights, it's the man, it's the example that I absolutely love. And to the point where you know, I left being a rabbi, I left sort of that paradigm, that worldview, I still have my own connection with Judaism personally. I still express it in my own unique way. But I made a conscious shift to move in this direction because I believe it is a universal message and I got tired of parochial sort of narrow messages and working with a narrow audience. I believe the time has come for, in this world, a message that um, and, a, and, a, and a mission and a way of life and being that is good for all, that is open to all, that is relevant to all. And this is, this is, you know, it's good for people who believe in God or don't believe in God, who are religious, who are not religious, who are liberal, who are conservative. This conversation cuts across race and sexuality and gender and politics and all the other crap, sorry, that is dividing us, not uniting us as Americans, but as human beings. Viktor Frankl is the one who said, after the Holocaust, there are only two races, the decent and the indecent. I believe that. I believe the rest of it, pigmentation and sexuality and gender and politics and national origin and religion is all important, is all descriptions, is all part of our identity, but it's not our identity. Who we are 
said Frankel, and I believe this with every ounce of my being, is not the flesh suit. You didn't say that. Uh, that was Wayne Dyer. Is not the soma. That's his word. So, uh, body is not the psyche. The mind is the nuos, is the spirit, is your spirit. That's who you are. The rest is how you do it. So this man's philosophy speaks to me. And I'm just coming back to it because I'm asked quite a few times now, you know, in different ways, what's my focus? Is it Frankel or is it the Enneagram? And as in, in Hebrew, we say gam It's both. It's this and that. But this first, then that. The why, then the how. Frankel and logotherapy, then the Enneagram. But they go hand in glove. So I want to talk in the time that I have. I'm not going to make this a long one. Um, why? Why Frankel? Why logotherapy? And why does this matter to you? Well, first and foremost, I believe in ideas and systems that have withstood the test of time. I believe that context matters. And the context that logotherapy grew out of is uh, meaningful in so many different ways. Positive psychology, Martin Seligman, um, many, many others, uh, Mihaly Skisem, Mihaly, other great contributors to positive psychology. Um, I just blanked on his name, the happiness guy, tall, Israeli guy. He's not tall. His name is tall. Um, he taught a class at Harvard, I think called happiness. Great stuff. I love it. Positive psychology really grew out of um, the late 20th century, Harvard, sort of the upper echelon of academics and psychologists. And really, that doesn't undermine it. But it is a very different context than Frankel. Frankel, um, Viennese psycho psychiatrist and neurologist, had two degrees, was, as you know, in... Um, uh, lived during the time of the Holocaust, lived during the time of the rise of the Nazis. And as I've shared before, and you probably know and have read in his, at least in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, if not other books, that he lost everything, everything imaginable that can be taken from us. I mean, I, you know, have lost quite a bit in the stock market, as I'm sure many of you have. And it's been, you know, giving me pause many times, to say the least. It's been very frustrating, uh, to say the least. But that's not the same type of a loss, is it? Even if I lost everything and I had to rebuild from scratch, is that exactly the same? It's not. It's not even close. Frankel lost his wife, murdered. His unborn child, murdered. His siblings, murdered. His parents, murdered. His, his family, his friends, his community, gone, eradicated. Four different concentration camps subjected to the horrors of what they experienced in those concentration camps, the degradation of, of human existence. I mean, he talks about it being reduced to his naked existence. I trust a man who has been through hell and has proven um, what he says. He has walked his talk in the extremes. If he can do it there, I can do it here and you can do it anywhere. And this man did walk his talk. Logotherapy is not theoretical. I'm not saying positive psychology is theoretical, but it certainly grew out of a different set of circumstances. I don't um, disregard it. I do discount it. I discount anything that hasn't been battle tested. This has. And every time I'm going through hell, I turn to these principles. I turn to this as a guiding light 
through my help because I know it works. I've seen it in this man's life. I've seen it in other people's lives. Many, many people talk about Viktor Frankl. Many people talk about logotherapy during their crises, during their hell, as a source of light, guiding light during that time, for good reason, because it works. You don't have to believe. There's no faith statements, no dogma, no, you don't have to pay dues to, you know, the uh, the Victor Frankl Institute. It simply is a compass, a direction through hell. And yes, through the good times, you know, mountaintop moments and, and the joys of life. But the truth is, is I don't need that much help. I don't need that much direction when I'm on the mountaintops. But when I'm in the valleys, when I'm in the darkness, when I'm in the struggle, and frankly, you can find it every day to varying degrees, that's when I need direction and guidance. Most of us don't have synagogues and churches and religion anymore. Oh, maybe we do in theory, but come on. I mean, the people that I know, they may be Jewish in identity, but it is not a roadmap for how to navigate life. The people that I know who are Christian, by and large, maybe they have faith affirmation statements, but they're not going to church. I have good friends who are not going to church on a regular basis. This is... Um, a major problem in human history. We have, for thousands of years, had systems to help us, particularly through these difficult and trying times. Where do we go now? We go to the self-help aisle. We go to modern psychology. All of those things, I think, are supplemental. This is foundational. And what is so foundational about it? It comes down to me. There's many things, but it comes down to a couple fundamentals. Number one, you are not your circumstances. You are not your body. You are not your brain. You are not your, well, your circumstances, whatever it is you're going through. Those are part of you. Those are things that are impacting you. Those are pieces of your identity and who you are and your reality, but it's not the you, not the true you. This is where we get into the Enneagram because the Enneagram says that there are nine ways or directions we go when we're in that place of fear and doubt and the unknown. And we put on these masks, these versions of us, these false yous, but it's not the true you. Frankel said what you know. I don't care. I haven't met anybody who disagrees with this. I don't care if you're religious or if you're atheist, that you are more than the flesh suit, that you are more than the face and the hair and the and the and the money and the house and the professional titles and the all the roles that you play. Again, pieces of you but not you. At the end of the day, when you are looking in the mirror and looking at that man or that woman staring back at you, beneath all of that, there is a true you. That, is, that endures your circumstances, your reality, that endures this lifetime. Call it what you want. Call it God. Call it universe. Call it um, oneness. Call it the infinite. Call it the transcendent. Call it Bob. The hell cares what you call it. It's a reality. There is an ultimate reality. Most people I know don't believe that we are just worm bait and that we're going back to the earth to decay, and that's the end of it. Maybe it, the essence of you simply continues on through your children and your children's children, or through the works that you have created and you've left your imprint here, but there is something transcendent. Frankel calls it the nuos. We can call it 
whatever you want, I'll call it the spirit. And that spirit is an act of defiance when you can draw upon her, turn to her and release her into your life to live her in all aspects of your life. I say her because in Kabbalah, which is another influence of mine, um, neshama is the Hebrew and the Hebrew is masculine feminine and that's particularly feminine. And I do think of it as a is a her quality, but whatever you want to call it, him, her, it's, uh, it's um, you know, not binary. This is not the realm of gender or sexuality. So whatever works for you, call it that. But you're, and I like nuos because it's just not tainted. And sometimes spirit is, but the defiant nuos didn't quite have the marketing cachet. So the defiant spirit, the defiant nuos, that piece of you that can defy your circumstances, that can defy this reality that transcends, that continues on. That's the foundation of it. And when we are going through difficult, trying circumstances, we turn to that. We draw upon that. We remember that this is not who I am. This is how I am moving through the world. And this flesh suit and everything that it touches and and is engaged in will eventually come to an end, but this won't, the nuos won't, the spirit won't. So turning to that. Secondly, when I turn to that, I have this defiant power of the human spirit, as Frankel called it. And that's what I need to get through trying, challenging times. I need to become defiant. I need to find that power. What I've seen time and time again is those circumstances strip us of our confidence, of our strength, of our knowing, of our power. My work with people is simply this, and it's not simple, but it's simply this, to help you stop feeling like a victim. And we all feel like victims when we are going through hell, when we are going through challenges, when we are going through struggles. We feel certainly victimized, and I think we are victimized. I think the shit happening to us is unfair, and I think it is um, abusive, and I think it is painful. However, another student of Dr. Frankel's who also went through the Holocaust, Edith Eager, great author, great human being, with some great books, The Choice and the Gift, says there is a difference between being victimized and victimhood. Being victimized is not a choice. It happens to all of us in a thousand different ways. At the very least, you'll be victimized by losing every single person you've ever loved, and you will have to leave. And death victimizes us. But victimhood is when we take up residence in the place of being a victim, of remaining powerless in the face of it. There's nothing you can do when you are victimized about the victimization, but you have a choice of whether or not you will be a victim, of whether or not you will remain powerless and you will take up permanent residence in the hood, in the victimhood, and that's your choice. As Frankel said, Everything can be taken from a person, but one thing, the last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way, to choose your way. That's point number two or three. Nuos, you are more than the flesh suit. You are spirit. Two, it is where your source of power comes from, the defiant power of the human spirit. Three, yes, three, you have the power to choose your response. You don't have the power to choose the circumstances. If you could, you would, but you can't. When the shit 
of life hits the fan of your existence, of your reality, you don't have a choice, but you have a choice of whether or not you go down into that powerlessness or whether or not you find your nuos, you find your spirit, you find that defiant power within you and you rise up and you choose. But B, I don't have a choice. You always have a choice. That's what Frankel just said. And that's what is the foundation of this work. The power to choose your attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose your response. And I'll end with that as the final kind of piece of this. Are you going to live a life of being a victim, of being powerless, of being tossed about by the seas of life? Or are you going to take back your power to stop living in reaction, to stop making your choices based on those circumstances, but to get back to your why, your purpose, your nuos, your reason for being here, and you decide. Maybe it's the simple decision, or not so simple, but a decision that if God forbid you were paralyzed, that I'm going to lay in this bed and I'm going to choose my response. I'm going to do good. I'm going to expand my mind. I'm going to give love. I'm going to somehow, some way find that piece of me that isn't paralyzed, that isn't broken, that is whole. And the snuos, the spirit is always whole. And I am going to tap into that power and I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to choose my response to my circumstances. Now, that's an extreme example, but there have been people who have shown us that it can be done and under those extreme circumstances. Frankel shows us it can be done during the extreme of the Holocaust. So many great examples all around us today and certainly throughout history of great men and women who couldn't choose their circumstances, but they could choose their response. And their response was, I'm not going to live a life of reaction. I'm going to live a life of response, of being responsible, response-able, able to choose my response. And nobody and nothing has the power to take that away from me. That is mine and mine alone to choose. That is my only choice. At the end of the day, don't have a power to choose much of anything other than whether I will live in reaction or I will live in response of whether or not I will be responsible, response able, able to choose my response. Just wanted to give you kind of a shot in the arm of Viktor Frankl, of logotherapy, of my why as it relates to you and your why. I'll just do this periodically as much for me as for you, because it brings me back to why I'm doing all of this. I think the Enneagram is absolutely and positively amazing for how to live out your why, how to live out your nuance, how to make your choice, how to stop living in reaction and start living in response. But at the end of the day, it is simply a how. And the how is um, important, but not nearly as important as the why. Do you know your why? Are you living your why? If not, reach out to me. I would love to help you discover it, articulate it, and live it in all aspects of your life. Until then, discover your number so you can defy your number and live your spirit. Jump over to defiantspirit.org where you can get more on Viktor Frankl, more on the Enneagram. You can get my free ebook that brings these two things together. The first time, I think, in human history, 
Viktor Frankl merged with the Enneagram formally, and that's the Defy Your Number Enneagram system I am proud to have created, and I am privileged to be able to offer you. So jump over there and at least get the free ebook on nine types, walk into a bar, and this is how they react or they respond. Until the next time, Defy Your Number, live your spirit. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.